three, four. The common counterpart. Welcome back to The Common Counterpart. I am your host, Mark. And I'm Josh. And we are in Africa. <laughs> what if? What if we could have just taken a trip, just just for funsies, hopped on a plane, and just been doing this in the Serengeti right now? Just on scene. Oh, absolutely. Drinking, I don't know, coconut milk or whatever. That would be so great. That would be, I mean, wouldn't that kind of be the dream? Yeah. One of my dreams is to be on um, the History Channel as some sort of expert or like to have my own show. Mm -hmm. I, I have no interest in being on TV, but I, I want that TV like gig, like yes. uh, uh, Bourdain yes. or uh, Rick. Rick? Rick, uh, Rick Steves. On PBS? Yeah, the travel guy. <laughs> that, that's what I want. I just want to do that. That guy has no personality. I, that's probably why. Bourdain yeah. did. Oh, who, what about the... Uh, the, the the kind of the chubby guy with the shaved head, he just eats bugs and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, I think I've seen that guy before. Yeah, Z Zimmer. Z is it Zimmerman? Zimmerman. Zimmerman, I, yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Um, but we're still in Africa. Yeah. And I've been singing Toto's Africa oh my all day God. long. <laughs> I was going to play it on here and realize it's copyright and uh, they take it down. Right. Um, but that's a great song. I It, it was. I I listened to it when it came out. And so for you, it's sort of a retro vintage thing. It's no, it, it's corny. It no, it's very no, like it's my, I, it's my childhood. I mean, I don't think anyone's like that's a banger. People love Toto. Really? Yeah. Oh, I think I see it as like a sideshow. It's like Gangnam Style. No, no. I mean, your generation has 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 turned it into a gimmick. But Toto was solid, man. That was that was that was the beats. There was a there that was, was a, being played at school dances or what. Uh, maybe a little before my time. Yeah. But there was a lot of, like, some serious 80s rock, Survivor. Um, I do not feel like that's a rock song. Oh, gosh, Ario Speedwagon? Oh, I love me some Ario. Okay. That's my dad's influence. <laughs> he loved Ario Speedwagon. Okay. I'm, not, I'm, not I'm not even remotely close <laughs> to your father's age. Uh, but I was singing that song. You know, Weezer redid it. Have you heard the Weezer version? I have. I heard the Pentatonix Christmas version. Mm. So Weezer released an album of covers, and that was on there, and it actually okay. got some radio play. Okay. Uh, and it's kind of that, you know, bringing it back, but for a lot of people, it's the first time. Mm -hmm. I was trying to think of songs about Africa um, as I was getting ready for this episode, and, uh -huh. and that one obviously came to mind. Do you remember the extremely offensive song um, that was sung in the 90s? I don't know if it was Live Aid or not, but it was... The one about snow in Africa at Christmas. Oh my god, I loved that song. That is on the um, song expensive. Da Daddy's home, Mark Wahlberg and Chris Farrell. No, Chris, Chris Will, Farrell. Will, Will, Will Farrell. Who's Chris Farrell? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, is yeah, it? yeah, it's 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 that Chris. It's that Christmas part two movie. Uh huh. And Mark Wahlberg's character hates that song because when he had his, his 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 big solo moment to be the U two. Or the, the the Bono oh, yeah. voice, he choked. Oh, I love I loved those songs. Dude, the that song was is is not good. Why is it not? It, it, you're 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 referring to to Africa again. This we're we're gonna get into this. Uh -huh. it's, it's the old school version of Africa. Yes, where the woe is me. They have nothing going for them. So that right. so that one came to mind. And then do you remember the Shakira song that came out in two thousand? 
Uh, 14, when the World Cup was in South Africa. So and he's like, no, 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 Africa. No. no okay. Everything you just said is... Nothing registering. It, n- nothing. Not Shakira, not Shakira, the World Cup. something about hips. Hips don't lie. Hips don't lie was before that. That's all uh, I know. Anyway, there was a really... And it was, you know, it was the anthem of the World Cup. And so they played it, like, with every commercial. Okay. And it was just like, you have to stop playing the song, Shakira. Right. Like, and she's it, not, she's not from Africa. Uh, she's not, but she was, you know, she, I don't know, I guess got gifted the right to the official song. Uh, but those are the only three songs I know about Africa. Yeah, I... You got any else? I else don't. Got more? I mean, I, I didn't realize I was going to be put on yeah, the spot. Yeah, sorry. I guess, you know, the African... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> your jukebox selection of African <laughs> songs is probably a little limited. I don't know. Yeah, I mean... But those are only famous ones I can think of. And then there's Lion King. Which, yeah, I guess you could credit that. Which is a little uh, uh, cliche. But it still counts. Yeah. But yeah, I was kind of getting to the mood, into the vibe. Right. And, and we had talked about, you know, last week going to an African restaurant. Yes. Uh, and I still want to do that. Because, I, I do too. I mean, as we were preparing for this episode and just kind of talking through all things Africa, one thing that doesn't get enough credit is food. Right. And, and food is, is usually the first thing that a culture will steal. Mm. Um, and a first thing that they will try and either um, call their own mm-hmm. or mix it with things that are theirs to kind of call their own. So are you saying that the colonizers steal the food? Or are you saying people who migrate into a land bring their food? Well, it's it's more what's available there. Okay. But, you know, very similar to what we've done here in the United States you know, everybody comes in with their own stuff. Mm-hmm. Everyone's bringing their own things. We eat this. We used to always do this. People are not super hip to changing their food. Right. You know, that's very much a part of them and what they do. And for a lot of their families, it's part of their history. Mm-hmm. Um, and so food is something that we, once we are willing to accept your food, we are way more willing to accept you as people. And, and we let you in. Yeah. And, and even like New Testament, the breaking of bread. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, it's, it's a pretty intimate experience. I mean, there, Food's number one. There's, there's me eating your food by myself, and I can make weird faces and throw it out, or there's me actually, you bringing me food as a gift, or me presenting food to you, and now you're sharing space. Right. And you're, and you're talking, and you, you learn that you don't eat with one hand, or you eat that with your hands, or you can... Or you dip it in here. Yes. This is how, this is how you're supposed to do it. Dude, right? I, I mean, food, food is the, it's, it's the ultimate universal. Mm-hmm. I mean, minus some air, this, this is really all we got that's, yeah. that we all can yeah. share together. And, you know, we were going through a lot of just the produce and thinking mm-hmm. about what they create there. And we, we don't have it here in, in large quantities. It has not made the jump. The, Afri- the, the African cuisine? The African cuisine. cuisine has not made the jump to the United States mainstream. Well, you know, it's funny you would say that because... Uh, Every now and again, you, you enter into a conversation, and you stop and you think about how much of that stuff you either have a misconception of or you just don't know, flat out know. And I think I'm guilty, as most Americans, of clumping Africa in as a homogenous one body. One, one thing. One flag. <laughs> like 50, one African flag. They're like 53. 50, yeah. I think it's 53 countries, I think. And, and a variety of different languages, a variety of different foods – uh, and, and preparations and that sort of thing. And so when, when we were looking into African cuisine, you know, there's sort of uh, like African-American cuisine, like sort of soul food. Uh, and then there was specifically Ethiopian, which I the review said there, it's hot. 
yeah, Ethiopian's a big hitter though. Like like yeah. that one I think is is probably the one that's gone the that's become the closest to actually like, you know, mm-hmm. becoming a thing. Mm-hmm. Um that to the point where we, you know, we do have restaurants. Yeah. Ethiopian restaurants in the middle of California uh that we want to go check out. Absolutely. And it's it, it's sort of exciting. Um and maybe we'll report back yeah. um next week and what we what our idea sort of was was if we can't be on location, <laughs> we can try to somehow get into the spirit without a without cultural appropriation. Right. I mean, we're not going to show up in, in the garb, you know, to no. this podcast and feel like we're somehow channeling what's happening. And, uh, but food, experiencing that, being able to speak to it, like, you know, we picked up, had some sorghum. Yeah. This week, or I I am still blown. I'm still trying to wrap my head around what sorghum is. Because I had to do some research. Sorghum sounds like a porridge, right? Just by the word. Yeah. So uh, in Hawaii, what's the what's that starchy uh, goo? Uh, poi? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and so, and again, it, for, for those of you who are listening, if you've ever had any experience with African food, uh, we'd love for you to you know put something in the comment section and, and maybe point us in a direction uh, in, in the Fresno County area. Yeah, we're willing to travel. We'll travel. Totally willing to travel. Um, and... Uh, but I am curious, do you, do you walk into, I mean, when I walk into a Mexican restaurant, I've eaten Mexican food so many times um, that I, I think I know what I want. You at least have an idea. Yeah. Um, and I, I can pronounce, a, you know, a burrito or fajitas. But, I mean, you and I are going to be going way out. The comfort zone is gone. Gone. Completely. And, gone, I, don't, gone, and gone. I don't want to look like an idiot. Or be offensive. Yeah. I'm like, we are literally here. Out of out of curiosity and appreciation, mm-hmm. and to 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 broaden and check our, some flavors. Absolutely, I, I know. I'm nervous. That flavor is separated by. I mean, here we are in Fresno. If you want to get to Afri- pure African continental cuisine, it is separated by an entire globe. It's a trek. And I'm thinking my palate is <laughs> not adjusted. It's very that. Central Valley. <laughs> That's true. It, it will be great. Super excited. But uh, again, you know. We, we teach about that. Like, I have to teach about sorghum mm-hmm. in my class. We're, we're, one of the main concepts is, you know, every culture has um, a carb, mm-hmm. uh, a starch, so, so something that it's going to be cheap to produce, mm-hmm. produce in mass quantities, and is going to be a staple to the diet, Yeah, especially for those that can't afford meat. And so, you know, we talk about wheat mm-hmm. as being ours here in the United States. We, we talk about rice. Mm-hmm. And then in Africa, we talk about sorghum. Mm-hmm. And I usually make the kids look up a picture of it to see, you know, kind of what it looks like. But that's as far as we go. You know, they, what does it taste like? I, I don't know. It, it looks interesting. I saw pictures of it. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, is it a grass? Is it corn? Is it? It sort of looks like a quinoa. And see, I, I've heard quinoa. And quinoa is kind of a ricey. Is, is it a nut? Is it a, is it a grain? It's got to be a grain. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, most civilizations, when they when they used that staple crop, it was labor intensive. I mean, we think of corn, right? Naturally, corn didn't start out with the big old yellow kernels. It started off more as a grass. Uh, and so, when I when I consider indigenous people all over the world harvesting wheat or sorghum, um, that's a lot of work. Uh, and so, as I'm as I'm looking at this. Uh, sorghum, because it's a huge crop. I mean, it, it's grown all over the world, but due to the climate and some of the uh, um, limitations due to water, uh, and, and I got something interesting to tell you about water in Africa, but 
uh, it's a great crop. It, it, it's, it can handle some moisture in the ground. It can handle drought. It's, it's a great crop to grow. And you can turn it into a flower. Uh, you can turn it into, uh, you can use it as like rice, like kind of a grainy. Mm. Um, and it's got it's high in protein. Yeah, it is for a grain crop. It is, mm-hmm. but we don't need it. No. Like we being the United States. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, that's one of the main reasons why it hasn't made its way over. Mm-hmm. Food moves out of necessity sometimes. They'll bring it over, you know, especially mm-hmm. early on. You know, we think about the colonial era and stuff. People were importing foods, Colombian exchange, having, taking place all the time. Right. United States is like, oh, no, we're good. Mm-hmm. Like we have wheat and we have genetically modified right. wheat. We, we don't need anybody else. Like we don't need anything else. But do you, So, I mean, the hipsters brought in the quinoa. The hipsters brought in kale. Uh, do you think there is a marketing campaign in the future for sorghum? I mean, is it the name? Not, no, I, th- I think it could work. Do you, but would you would you eat sorghum pasta? I think pasta? so. I'm, well, I'll tell you in a week after I have it <laughs> to see if it's up my palate or not. But yeah, I think it is sort of like quinoa. Like okay. it's a niche market, uh-huh. but the health benefits are great. If, if the cost is right, that's the only problem, right, would be the cost. I don't mm-hmm. know that we would dedicate growing it here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think that it's going to be fun to go through. And as we travel around, you know, other concepts and talk about other countries, we're going to mm-hmm. try to find some different cuisine to add some... Uh, Local flavor yeah. as well. Shout out the local spots that are doing Absolutely. the thing here in the valley. So for those of you listening, we'd love to hear uh, recommendations, you guys some recommendations, or some food, some uh, types of food to try. Yeah, would be super into it. You can hit us up uh, at our Instagram at the Common Counterpart. Uh, leave a comment and let us know what you think. Is it our Instagram? It is. You okay. don't have access to it. I <laughs> you couldn't find it. I couldn't. By the way, so I, I will take care. of I am I am quite happy in my social media I- ignorance. It's good. Yeah. It's good for you. Yeah. So, talking about Africa. Yes. Okay, so this conversation started sort of organically, I thought, with the haves and have-nots. It was just the the most logical place to start because it has one of the largest dichotomies between the haves and have-nots. And I am, and again, I'm going to apologize a couple times because I I have been programmed by my, uh, uh, you know, North Fresno, California mentality that Africa is a country that needs help. A lot of help. But Africa, <laughs> it's got some stuff, man. It, it, it has 65% of all available, of all of the farmable land currently around the world that is not being farmed. Africa possesses about 60% of that farmland. And they're just sitting on it. They're sitting on it. They have, they are only using 4% of their fresh water throughout the continent. I mean, here in California, I mean, in Australia, they're, they're drinking water that is being flushed down the toilet, treated, and then delivered back to their taps. It's, it's a literal toilet-to-tap filtration because they are so desperate for water. And you've got Africa using 4% of all of their available fresh water. The, you ever walked into a city or a place and thought to yourself, if I had magical powers and could pick things up and rearrange them to be perfectly uh, efficient, I would love to change the way this house was organized. I'd love to change the way this city's streets were laid out. I think Africa in the next 50 years has the opportunity to observe every mistake every developing country ever made, and they are going to be able to make this master plan Federated, unified 
continent. Don't you feel like like you kind of have the best kept secret right now in the world? Like okay. as you sit on this new information now, mm -hmm. you're like, do they even do they know what they're doing? Maybe they know what they're doing. Maybe they're just waiting this thing out. Well, and and uh, yeah, I, I I've loved researching this. I mean, I think that a couple a couple things. What one we have to kind of just get started with. Africa in general, and you're mm -hmm. right, it, defining it as a place, which happens all the time, where they mm -hmm. say, oh yeah, in Africa, it yeah. th that's not a thing, right? right. There, there's so many different cultures and people, and it's, you know, not like really disrespectful, but it is in that way, like, you know, making these summarizing statements that, yeah. that are very general are, are, are not the case. Mm -hmm. But, you know, a lot of times what we don't understand is, is what our map shows us. Mm -hmm. And that map does not give us an accurate depiction of mm -hmm. how big Africa really is. So when you say four percent, if you don't under if you can't fully grasp mm -hmm. the size of Africa, then that number doesn't really make any sense to you. Right. So when we talk about the actual land area and how large Africa is, it's it's worth noting. Right. So from from a geography perspective. Africa is the size of India and China and Europe and the United States and Argentina. Combined. Combined. All of that fits inside of Africa. I, didn't, I did not know that. So that's huge. So the fact that I don't know that is that that's not really my fault. It's it, not your fault. It's, it's the maps. It's the maps. It's the maps' fault. Okay. It's and we talk about this in in my class. It's one of the first things I try and get kids to understand is your perception is only what you've been shown, mm -hmm. and the maps. It's also not their fault. You're trying to fit a three dimensional object on a two dimensional surface. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work. Right. And so you have to make adjustments mm -hmm. and you have to make concessions. And one of the concessions of one of the most popular maps is the actual size. Mm -hmm. And so we grow up thinking that this country is bigger than this country, and this country is really small, and this is how you get to here. And if I were in a plane, I would just go like this. And you start growing up, and you're realizing, wait, that's not how that works. Mm. You start watching the flight path of a flight from California to Australia, and you're like, wait a minute, why aren't we going in a straight line? <laughs> Why is this taking so much longer than I think it should? Right. And you, you don't realize the, the changes. One, you don't have to. Uh -huh. Most of us don't really need to know the actual size of, of these countries and these continents. But in this case, understanding fully, like, I don't think you will get it. Mm -hmm. This is, it's not something you're, you know, you're day tripping across the continent. Right. It is huge. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I, I can't even imagine what it would have to be like to go north or south or east or west across such a massive land. I mean, I, I think of driving from California to the east coast. I think you can do it in about four days. Without stopping. Without stopping yeah, or, you know, the, the, the trade-off and, yeah. and sleep in your car sort of thing. Um, but uh, that, that blows me away. And then here's what's crazy. There's a lot of folks who, who will tell you that California— just the, 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 the agriculture and the water we've got here, we feed a significant portion of the world. And so if you're telling me that all of these countries and all this land and all this sort of the idea of what's on top of the earth or below the earth, you're telling me that Africa as a land mass is bigger than all of those things. And I'm telling you, they're only using 4%. The potential's hot. Right. So if you've got a, you've got a continent, the fastest growing continent on the planet, and they're only using four percent. They're not. They're just now starting to build uh, aqueducts and irrigation. 
Um, they're in level one, level of, one. Of, of the game. Yeah. And, and they have this much potential. Mm -hmm. It's it's almost going to be something that I, I really wish I could live longer to see it play out. Well, and, and again, I I don't travel a lot. I know you travel a lot. Try to, yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, I haven't taken the wife on too many too many trips. So it'd probably be a bad idea for me to go home and say, hey, honey, me and Mark are going to go to Africa sure. this summer. Sure. Um, I'll, I'll send photos. Right. <laughs> we'll see in a little bit. But I, I've, I've always been a little apprehensive traveling. Of course. And um, I think that leads us to this idea mm -hmm. of what we view Africa as. And right. as, as you're researching, don't you look at some of these places and you're like, oh, this could easily be in this country. Yeah. This could easily look like this. Or, wow, the amount of development and urbanization mm -hmm. I wasn't thinking I was going to find 15-story skyscrapers mm -hmm. and, and you know these downtown areas that are legitly set up to support millions of people. Yeah. I, I think we still think old school. Yeah. I you, mean, you had brought that up. Like, why, why do why are we still seeing the back to that that Christmas mm, oh, song? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, why am I scared to go to Africa? Well, I'm gonna get malaria. Yeah. yeah and, I, and, and I'm gonna die. Yeah. And there's a lot of scary stuff. In other places, I get and, and Ebola. I mean, Ebola doesn't exist uh, uh, naturally outside of Africa, I believe. Right. But that's the thing, though. You think you're going to die of disease. Yeah. Every time you go. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Not, mm -hmm. not true, mm -hmm. first of all. Now, obviously, are there areas that are more susceptible than others? Yeah. But there's also that in the United States. Right. <laughs> and every other country as well. Yeah. Right? But we, we live in this... And I, I have to think it's the media that really paints this negative because somebody has to be that guy. Right. Somebody has to be the villain. Mm -hmm. Somebody has to be the the kid in the commercial who hasn't eaten and please give a dollar a day. I've always hated those commercials. But someone has to be that. Yeah. But who's okay, who's making the money? When when we say nonprofit, uh, what we're saying is when you give us a dollar, we're gonna use seventy five cents of that dollar to pay for our organization and then we're gonna send twenty cents worth of aid to those folks over there. I'm very skeptical of how much money goes to uh, those people that are, they're, they're using. That's, that's the conspiracy guy in me. However, for a limited time, you can sponsor the Common uh, <laughs> Counterpart podcast for a dollar a day. 100% uh, of your proceeds <laughs> will be going to. Yeah, the, but there's this, you know, we think of it as like, oh man, there's probably only one flight going in and out of Africa and no. they're probably going into one place. No. But it is, it is absolutely developing at a level that's almost impossible to keep up with. Well, what you, so you had mentioned something about Lagos? Yeah. So what, what, we, what we have seen and what we're looking at now, one of the things that we study in my class is population and population growth and population boom. And one of the main ideas is that you do want growth to your country. You do want growth to some of these cities, but you want what we call smart growth, mm -hmm. which means that you can manage what actually happens, right? If, if, if we work at a high school and five new kids show up tomorrow, mm -hmm. no big deal. No harm, no foul. We can get them placed. We can get them lockers. We can get them all set up. Right. If 500 kids, new kids show up tomorrow to our school, we're going to have a lot of issues. Right. We're not going to have the infrastructure. We're not going to have the quote unquote housing. We're not going to have the transportation. We're not going to fill them. We're not going to get them in. They're not going to have jobs. Right. And when you get growth that happens like that, you end up with urban problems. Mm -hmm. You end up with overpopulation. You end up with a lack of sanitation. You end up with temporary houses and these shanty, you know, mm -hmm. settlements on the outside. And it makes the country look bad. Mm. But it's being able to handle that growth. But some of these cities 
are massive and are only getting bigger. There's going to be multiple 10 million plus cities in Africa in the next 10 years. See, and and again, I'm not a big player, but if I'm in construction, if I'm in design, if I'm in engineering, uh, that's where the money's going to be. And I know that they, uh, uh, like any other country, they already have those professions. But if you want to get on the ground floor of something big, Africa is just waiting to explode. And what I've really enjoyed sort of looking into is they're, they're, they get to grow with the with climate change in mind. They get to grow with the internet and technology in mind. It, it should be exponentially faster right. than what ours was. And, and that's exciting because it means it, it will take people out of this lower levels of development faster. Mm-hmm. It should. It should take less generations for wealth to accumulate mm-hmm. with a couple of things, a couple of changes and some things taking place. Right. But I mean, you know, sort of on, on a science level, what is it that really is going to allow them and has allowed them? Because the goal of this episode is really to show you that's great. This isn't your grandma's Africa, right? <laughs> I love this, it. Th- this, this is the new version here. Mm-hmm. So wh- what do they have going on? So the one thing that I didn't realize was um, 30 some odd countries have come together and they've decided to build the Great Green Wall of Africa. And they, they have found a drought resistant tree and they are planting it from uh, across the Sahal just below the Sahara Desert, and it is going to stop desertification. I don't know if a lot of people realize, but the desert kind of breathes. And during the summer, the, the sand blows extra hard, and it, it, it erodes some of the vegetation, and the desert gets bigger. And then during the winter uh, months, uh, the, the, the water irrigates, and the desert shrinks a little bit. In fact, there's even evidence to indicate that even like 10,000 years ago during the, the last ice age, uh, the Sahara Desert was a, a massive grassland with a giant lake, uh, Lake Chad. But what they've, what they've done is, and this is 37 different countries across Africa are now planting these drought-tolerant trees, and they're going to capture more water. They're going to retain more soil. Uh, Africa is going to be response, could be responsible for uh, uh, reversing climate change due to carbon dioxide, because as they grow more trees, it's going to sequester that carbon, and it's entirely possible that as Africa comes online with the with technology and environmental uh, policies, that we might see a drastic change in the amount of carbon dioxide in the world because of them planting these trees from. Oh, I, is, I can't, I can't read the map right here, but uh, from S- Senegal, mm-hmm. I say that right? Yeah. All the way across into Ethiopia. It's so impressive. Yeah. I mean, and I think the, what sticks out to me is the, these countries traditionally have not worked together. Mm-hmm. There's been no reason to. You know, it's, 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 this is mine, that's yours, and we're going to do our thing. Mm-hmm. But once you start unifying, once you start getting this idea that we, we can change something bigger than ourselves, we can make everyone's life a little bit better, mm-hmm. 
you're going to get those types of changes. If you think about right. the huge drastic shifts that have taken place, whether we're talking about ecologically or really in any sense economically, it they really come from these big deals. Mm-hmm. They come from these trade agreements. They come from a couple of people getting together, and by people I mean countries, like, hey, we should do something about this. Right. Hey, maybe we should try this. Mm-hmm. Or what if we start cutting trade deals to each other? What if we right. decide to start putting in, you know, infrastructure like freeways mm-hmm. and subways and ways for people to actually communicate with each other and cell towers and all of these things. As we begin to see that, you're going to see that, again, that exponential growth. And if we can stop the desert from taking over, mm-hmm. it's been their biggest eyesore. Yeah. I mean, that is the major separator between the two areas of Africa. Mm-hmm. And keeping that from spreading is going to be huge, right? What good is all of that land if it's desert? Well, that's a good point because once you slow down the desertification and you allow the soil and the vegetation to grow back, you reclaim farmable land. And they were uh, even saying that there's 15 million heca acres reclaimed in Ethiopia. There was 5 million heca acres reclaimed in Niger. And so this was land that was useless and now is useful. It is now creating jobs. It is creating opportunities. It's providing food. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's just an incredibly exciting thing to be aware of. And, and I liked when you said, hey, let's, let's get these two people together and see if we can solve a problem. Just like you and I sitting across the table from somebody who's, who's willing to offer us new food, there's something nice about that commonality. Like, hey, I'm unfamiliar with this, but I'm going to take a chance. I'm going to ask, hey, let's do a partnership. Let's sit down and break bread. Let's talk about building a road together. Let's talk about, you know, uh, diverting water so that it passes through both of our countries so that we can irrigate our crops. And I, from what I'm seeing with a lot of these countries now working together, uh, there's a lot less animosity and they're bringing a lot more opportunity uh, to the continent. And it's, it has to be motivating too, right? Mm-hmm. Like once you see one good idea start to go, you're mm-hmm. like, oh, well, if we just fix that problem, then we could actually focus on this problem. Mm-hmm. And then we can go over here. And then we can start doing this. Yeah. And it, it, everything snowballs. When we look at these these periods of growth, whether we look at the United States or you look at other countries, there's always that one hitter, mm-hmm. that, that one thing that really pushes the ball. Like what is it going to be that really sparks the Industrial Revolution? Mm-hmm. What What is it going to be that really gets people start to thinking a little bit differently and we start getting science involved? Mm-hmm. And, and once you start moving, you're like, oh, and then there's this, and then there's this, and then there's this. And then before you know it, you got all these people that are now motivated. Mm-hmm. One, for themselves because they see opportunity, but two, for that selflessness of, of nationalism and mm-hmm. what we can actually do as a country. There's no stopping you. Right. I mean, it's it's exactly what we've seen in these countries that are far more developed. Mm-hmm. But like you said, we now have the internet. Mm-hmm. We now have the power of research. We have the power of being able to get investors. Mm-hmm. And people can communicate and they can talk and we can see, hey, this didn't work really well for us. Here's what you should do. Mm-hmm. We do have non-government agencies that have been involved in other areas. And here's what we did over here. Mm-hmm. Let us come in and kind of help you with what's happening here. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of folks in Africa who have looked at these NGOs, these non-governmental organizations, and they've said, thank you for your help, but you're actually hindering our, our economy because we want people to farm. We don't want free food. We want farmers. We don't want free clothes. We want people to make our own clothes. And 
there is a, a, a move towards sort of a, a populist national sort of pride. Like, we want this to be African-made. And we have the people. And we have the people. We see the population yeah. booming right now. And I think that what, what we don't quite understand about Africa, because we don't see it every day in the news, is just how many and how young these people are. Mm-hmm. So looking at, I, I did a little bit of work today and was looking at the median Age? The median yeah. age, right? So the median age of, the, of, of people in the United States, what do you think it is? Oh, with the baby boomers? I'm going 50s? It's 38. Oh. So the median age is 38. That's not bad, right? Especially no. when you consider what we have as our life expectancy. Uh-huh. The median age in Africa, 19. Wow. So, so think half, about what that means. Half the population is younger than 19. Right. Half the population is older. Right. Got it. That's crazy. That is a that is a a a, a people primed for. Uh, we don't need you to 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 uh, uh, like industri- We don't we don't need you to do like the old school industrial work. We're going to teach you to program. Right, and we're and we're ripe for the picking. Mm-hmm. This you talk about having so many young people who are about to enter into the job market mm-hmm. and watch what we can do. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it would be a totally different situation if we get to Africa and we look at how, how what the age of the people are and everybody there is old. Mm-hmm. That's a disaster. Right. Because you need heavy lifting mm-hmm. and you need a lot of work to be done and you need people to actually be there to do it. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they are so much younger as a people than us, and there's a bunch that plays into that and we talked about it, the idea of having so many kids, the idea of not understanding sex education and contraception mm-hmm. and also looking at the idea of, you know, some of these countries have really low life expectancies, yeah. even still. It is getting better, mm-hmm. and I think that's what we, we need to recognize. It's not everybody is starving mm-hmm. in Africa. You can say that people are still starving, but it's not fair to say that about them and not say it about us. Right. Millions of people are starving in the United States every single day. Yeah. Well, and there's a lot of people who, who look like they're eating plenty, uh, but the, the food they are eating is dead. Right. When you see an obese kid chowing down on some fast food, right, it's not a good. It they're just they're, they're just as unhealthy. Exactly. And and when we think about extreme poverty, yeah, in, in the late '90s they were over fifty percent. Yeah. Of in extreme of of extreme poverty, and now we're looking at you know thirty eight percent, thirty five percent. Yeah. Yeah, that's still a lot. Mm-hmm. But let's focus on the growth. Yeah. That's and, incredible. And you you you've gone to the to the to the word exponential, and that's what's so exciting. All, the 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 opportunity. The growth, the investment is exponential. You get a road, now you've got transportation, you've got distribution, you've got commerce. Um, uh, now I can grow my crop and I can get it further into the country and make more dollars. And to new markets that yeah. weren't there before. You know, and I, I look at all of this and I was like, you know what, let me look at the infrastructure because without the infrastructure of you know telecommunication and electricity, it's going to be really hard to get anywhere. Mm-hmm. We were really nothing before then. Before telecommunication, America? Yeah, yeah, if you look at the United States. Yeah. Pr- prior to electricity, everything was super slow, right? And then you look at what, the, what that growth does. Mm-hmm. And taking a look at what's happening, because this is obviously where tech companies are very interested in moving to Africa, mm-hmm. um, 43% have access to the internet and electricity in Africa. 43%. Is that a... That's low. Okay, I was going to say. So, so I, I was like, I wonder what that is. Because we live in the United States and, you know, we have, you know, 19 different Wi-Fi signals buzzing our brain every second. Right. Uh, 62% is the world average. 
Okay. So they're at 43. Yeah. So it, where people would look at that and be like, oh, poor Africa, they're only at 43. I'm like holding on, gripping my seat, thinking <laughs> uh, they're only at 43. Right. Wait till they're at even the world average. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be get out of the way. Well, here's what I'm I'm looking forward to. And again, th- th- I hope this doesn't come off as, as simple-minded or derogatory, but the the idea of Wakanda, right? In in, uh, in Black the, Panther. Black Panther. Thank you. Okay, there's no reason for anyone to think that that's a myth, right? Now I get the, the vibranium and that sort of thing. Some of that that technology is 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 not never possible, but the idea that you have a people who have the resources, they've got the minerals, they've got the gold, they've got diamonds, they they've got great agricultural land, and as this continent builds, they're going to be building houses that have solar panels on the roof. They're going to be building, they're not going to have to be confined to coal-burning power plants or natural gas-burning power plants. They're just going to start building houses that will be self-sufficient. And that solar panel is going to, with the electricity and with, with the internet, they're connected to the world. And they don't have to build these large, cumbersome systems the way we did. I look at, you know, in, in Fresno, you watch those older, older parts of town where they've got the big uh, telephone power lines. Oh, yeah. And then you cross really the street. Even st- running through their backyard and stuff, right. too. And then you get a little further, and all of that stuff got buried through development. And yet this is a part of the world that is going to, in the next 50 years, I don't think we're going to recognize it. I think it's going to become a destination place for everything. Um, I can't wait. Just like Hollywood has totally sold their soul to China, there's going to come a time when Africa is going to come online and Hollywood's going to be like, we got to get in, in that market. Absolutely. Do, do you, uh, going back, do you remember when Black Panther came out? In, 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 in just sort of the vibe of like, Wakanda was like a joke. Uh, in, in sort of a way like, that could never exist. Like you, yeah. it's, it, it, almost like it was funny that it was put in Africa. Like what a starch difference you get mm-hmm. between the Africa that we know, right? My grandmother's Africa. We think we knew. Right. Yeah. And then Wakanda. But you're right. That That's not fantasy land. That's just the future. Yeah. I mean, aside from vibranium, right. I think that is where Africa will be in the next 50, 60 years. And I think when you said self-sufficient, I, I was my word was efficient, mm. just way more efficient than the way that we're doing things. Mm-hmm. Like you said, we've made so many mistakes. If this is The Sims, which I always tell my kids that designing urban centers is like that old school PC game, The Sims. Yeah. You get to go to you get to start your level over again. Yes. You see all the issues that the United States made and everybody else made. Yeah. And you now get to improve on those. Yeah. And you have a people that have been desiring to be known. Mm-hmm. And countries that have been desiring to be known. I would love to grow up to to hear that my kids want to travel to multiple countries in Africa. Yeah. Not just South Africa. Yeah. Not just Egypt to check out the pyramids. Mm-hmm. Like you want to go to the Congo and the Serengeti, and and, and you you have that ability. There are planes that are leaving every fifteen minutes from LAX mm-hmm. that are headed to Africa, and you get these types of systems. And you know, to be honest, the way I think about it too, competition's a good thing. Mm-hmm. China needs competition. Yeah, India needs competition. Mm-hmm. All of these areas that are really those developing countries, when we talk about stages of development, sort of this between stage two and stage three, really mm-hmm. stage four is like that that pinnacle of United States, like where we are now, some yeah. of those Af- some of those um, European countries, stage four, moving mm-hmm. towards this idea of, of 
like negative growth. Negative growth yeah. in stage five. But really that two to three is what's most exciting. Yeah. That's a lot of these countries. Mm -hmm. And they just need to find their one hit. And what I what I was looking at in the research is how quickly Google and Facebook have turned their attention to this country. Yeah. And they're looking at underground wire systems that surround the entire continent. Jeez. And, you know, Facebook says that it's going to be potentially long enough to wrap, it would be long enough to wrap around the world. And see, I, and this is what I'm saying. It Africa is such a big idea. It's going to take big players. Huge players, the biggest players. And once they're in, um, again, back to that exponential growth. You've got a motivated, growing population of young folk um, who are holding dear to their traditions, but are happy to move forward and grow. So I'm. It, it's an exciting time. I, I, we, you and I definitely have to figure out a way to get there somehow, some way. It's it's just something that I I feel people don't comprehend because it doesn't get enough airplay. Mm -hmm. And if it does get airplay, it's the same airplay that we were getting in 1990s when mm -hmm. Lion King came out. Right. And it's it's not that place. Yeah. It's it's in the biggest and one of the fastest growing areas in the world. Mm -hmm. We're talking about doubling the population of Africa by 2050. That's amazing. Doubling the population, right. which I think right now is like at 1.3 to 1.5, depending on your numbers. Yeah. You're talking about doubling that? Almost 3 billion people? Right. And we saw what that population growth did in areas like China and India. Mm -hmm. And we saw what happens when the growth gets out of control. Mm -hmm. If they can manage the growth, if the big players can come in, if the infrastructure can come in to say, here's how we're going to support people, here's how mm -hmm. they're going to live, here's how they're going to, here's their shelter, mm -hmm. here's how they're going to eat, we're going to start investing in this. And that growth is smarter than what we saw in India and a little bit smarter than what we saw mm -hmm. in China. They, the world markets, it's, it's going to shift as if we saw that shift when Europe was the center of the world mm -hmm. and then they lost it. Yeah. And then it went to the United States. Yeah. Some would argue that we're losing it. Yeah, and I can tell you, when you look at the the resources that this continent possesses, um, uranium, gold, uh, cobalt, copper, uh, uh, they are they they are on the verge of just exploding. Well, and he who has the gold makes the rules, right? That's the golden rule, I hear. And so when we think about what this is going to look like in our lifetime. Mm -hmm. This is not like, man, I can't wait. 300 years, it's going to be awesome. No, we're going to see this in 10, 15, 20 years. We get to watch it, and I'm going to say, listen, go back to the common counterpart. I want you to listen <laughs> to this episode, and I want you to look at all the areas in which we were right. Yeah. But it's amazing. And I, mm. doing the haves and have-not conversation, I did not want to leave Africa without doing it justice. Right. And there is so much more taking place in on a smaller scale. But like yeah. I said, over 50 countries... Um, working together, a lot of them, and we will come back to this mm -hmm. continent when we start talking about a couple of other things, and, and including foreign investment, yeah, which is a huge thing that maybe isn't always the best. Yeah, I'm, I'm nervous about it, but we'll have to save that conversation for another time. It's going to be so exciting. Yeah. Well, before we go, we are going to hit them with some words of wisdom. Well, and this was a tough one. Well, I got to tell you, Mark, you uh, you find some good ones, but that that second one is just money. And so uh, uh, we stumbled across a couple African proverbs, and my buddy Mark came up or found one. And it says, until the lion learns to write, every story will glorify the hunter. 
And I think that goes back to that idea of why do we keep seeing a poor, dilapidated Africa of 50, 60, 70 years ago? The colonial version. The colonial version, because the lion, the African lion, uh, has not had a chance to tell it, its story. And it's learning how to write. It's learning how to write, and it's starting to rear its head more it's got a little some bit. Big teeth. Yeah. So for those of you who had a chance to listen to this, uh, pay attention to, uh, to to Africa on the global stage, and I think you'll be uh, think you'll be impressed with, with what you see. Yep. That will do it for us this week. We will be heading to a different part of the globe next week. Looking forward to that. Spin it and see where we land. Josh, always a pleasure, man. Had a great time talking with you, Mark. Yep, have a good week. We will see you all later. See you.